the year 1953. A plane touches down at Smithies Airport in Sydney. On board is an American named Lee Gordon. The Australian music scene will never be the same again. From then until now, these are the stories. Hey there, this is Josh Osom and you're listening to Awesome Aussie Songs. This episode is on Diesel and his first solo single, Love Junk. Our special guest is the man himself, Diesel. This is our second episode on Diesel at Awesome Aussie Songs. Episode 16 takes a look at his time fronting the band Johnny Diesel and the Injectors. You don't need to have listened to that episode to listen to this one, but it gives you the complete story about how as a teenager, Diesel emigrated to Australia from the United States with his family, finally settling in Perth. After experiencing some local success with his first band, Innocent Bystanders, he then formed Johnny Diesel and the Injectors. After playing a weekly gig at a local hotel for a few months without a name, the venue's manager wanted to advertise the band in the newspaper and asked him to come up with a band name. Here's how Mark Lazot soon became Johnny Diesel. We played for about three months without a name. That was the thing. We were just playing every Tuesday night at this little bar and then the lovely lady that used to book the room, um, you know, she was kind of in charge of the music of the club and stuff. She was like the, the promotions and the booking person and she said, you know, like, you guys, you know, I really want to help you out. You're great musos, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, what? I want to put an ad in the paper, but, like, I don't want to just put your names, you know, like, that's just lame. Um, you know, do you have a name? What do you call it? And, I, and it actually didn't even, like, we'd, I guess from being in the other band and stuff, we were, reluct- we were a bit reluctant to start another band to start with. We just wanted to play, you know. So I'd heard that day, like earlier, a friend of ours, Steve, was over at the house because I, I was sharing a house with the bass player at the time. And, you know, his name's lit- actually John, you know, and his partner Jan at the time, you know, they just found out that she was pregnant again. And so uh, this friend of ours, Steve, um, said, oh, little Johnny Diesel and his little injectors, you know, his family is growing, you know, into a family of little injectors and you know of course it's all referenced to, to truck engines and everything and, and i thought oh that's cute you know um because his name is john delzell you know so that's where he got the diesel from it wasn't just like something out of his head so i thought oh that's funny and I, so when she called back later i said yeah i do have a name i thought we'll put it in the paper you know i kept it to myself i didn't tell her that it was a joke i just said yeah we've got a name and she was like oh okay and put it in and of course, it came in the paper, and we all laughed, ah, 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 you know. And then, but the laugh quickly turned on me because, you know. And those weeks after that, I think it was probably the next week actually, with some biker dude, you know, yelled out, "Hey, Johnny!" You know, at the stage. And I looked at our bass player, Johnny, and he was—he just kind of smoked and looked at me and went, "No, no, no, he's pointing at you, man. He thinks it's you." And I went, "Oh, shit, yeah, like, of course he does. I'm in the middle of the stage, you know, singing." You know, so of course he's going to think it's me. It's a bit like, you know, Spencer Davis group, you know, with um, Steve Winwood. He was the singer, but Spencer Davis was actually the bass player in that band. And I always, I always thought Spencer Davis was the singer, but, you know, it's one of those. But except, yeah, it's a totally fictitious name. But so that's how I got stuck with it. <laughs> when we left the Diesel story in episode 16, after releasing their self-titled debut album, 
Johnny Diesel and the Injectors had become one of the hottest bands in Australia. The first single off the album was Don't Need Love, and it reached number 10 on the ARIA charts. Another three hit singles from this album followed. In February 89, they released Soul Revival and it peaked at number nine. You let me in the cool. Nessie comes and chicken it for The next single was another top 10 hit, Cry in Shame. The Johnny Diesel and the Injectors album would make it all the way to number two on the album's charts. It would be certified two times platinum and go on to win two ARIA awards, including the highest selling album. The final single to chart off the album was Looking for Love. Despite the enormous success he had with Johnny Diesel and the Injectors, Diesel wanted to explore other musical directions and decided to go solo. Obviously the Injectors weren't too impressed when he initially told them of his decision to go it alone. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't pretty, of course, you know. Um, how could, there was no warning, I mean, you know, how can you get someone's head prepared for that? I'd, 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 I'd made the decision um, and I thought, okay, um, I'll do one more tour so everyone can, you know, get some income. Um, and uh, it just seemed like the, the nice thing to do. <laughs> and then we had a meeting and, yeah, it was, wasn't very pleasant. But I think, you know, I spoke, to, spoke to all of them not long after um, and it was all pre- – it didn't take very long. They were like, you know, it was like, you know, a, a, a nasty thing that happened in the room. But beyond that, 
they were like, okay, I get it, you know. And if they didn't get it, they didn't understand, you know, when they heard the record, then they got it. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, okay, you know. Well, if I'd made the same sort of record again, like a record that sounded very much like the first record but just with different people, I could understand they'd be like, what? The, you know, like, but I went off on this journey that was completely different, and that's that's what I wanted to do. Um, well, that is why I became a solo artist, I should say, because I, you know, I realized that the band thing was really just for one album. That was the, the sound I wanted for that collection of songs, and then the whole idea of being a band like that forever was like that just was not in my plan, and. Yeah, it was funny because I'd never really thought about being a solo artist before, but I guess it came to me like an epiphany was like, you know what, I think I'm meant to be a solo artist and I can still have like virtual bands and collaborate with people. It's not like I don't want to work with people. I love working with people. People are everything, but I just don't want to be with the same people, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, I really respect bands that stay together for a long time, but if you look behind any band that's been together for that for any length of time you'll always find that it's they all of them do like collaborate you know with other other things and they've got side projects and their own solo careers and that's what keeps it healthy and happy you know the debut solo album diesel would go on to release in march 1992 was hit fidelity and it's no spoiler to say this album went all the way to number one and was absolutely massive the first single from the album was love junk and this song is pure funkadelic joy yeah look i wanted to take a lot of elements that I was hearing at the time, other people are doing them, like Prince and, you know, um, Fishbone, bands that like Chili Peppers, uh, you know, the, the bands that were combining rock and funk together and, uh, you know, just go deeper into that whole thing. The, the, like the, the jazz rockabilly combo thing that, that the Injectors was, which um, that was a really cool, like, kind of vehicle for me for that thing, you know, for that thing that whatever it was you know that was a real hybrid that music that we made but it, it was kind of like a i always said it was like a jazz combo on steroids or something you know um the sax guitar bass drums sort of thing it is like a jazz combo um so it made us different from all the other guitar bands out at the time that were like the usual just two guitars bass drums or two guitars keyboards bass drums or whatever we had a sax you know and it was a real integral part of our sound um the, the, the sax is a real sound of rock and roll. It really is, you know, out of all the horns, like it's not trumpet, it's not trombone. What's the sound of rock and roll? Sax, you know. So, yeah, it was it was a good thing to have and I just didn't want it all the time. And there's no no offense to Bernie. I just, I, you know, I've played with him so many times since then. We've made records. Um, he's one of my favorite sax players and will always be in the in the whole entire world. I, I love him dearly. He's he's just got so much melody and and reminds me of my dad a lot too you know when he plays it's just this tenderness and sensitivity that my dad has and so it's something that's very close to my heart but I just thought you know I need to like have a I just want a wide open space I want landscape that just goes forever like to the left to the right in front of me behind me everywhere I want I, I want to try so many different things i want to work with strings i want to work with this i want to you know and in and, and the next you know couple of years is exactly what i did i went to london i worked with you know um george martin's um left man left hand man right hand man whatever nick ingham who um 
you know, worked on string charts with me for um, Never Miss Your Water and Master Plan and stuff like that. So that was, you know, a dream come true for me, especially with my classical cello um, beginnings and everything. You know, I, I went kind of back to where I've started from in so many ways and hooking into the, the soundscape of strings. Love Junk was recorded at Studio 6 in Memphis, Tennessee in April 1991 and was released through the Chrysalis label. Diesel again teamed up with the American producer Terry Manning. The initial thing that hits you when listening to Love Junk is the punchy guitar riffs and the song's funky groove. Lyrically, the song still holds up well. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's actually quite – when I was writing it, I realised that, that it was, um, you know, um, could be interpreted in many different ways. It was um, – but there's a lot of double entendres and, and sort of, you know, I mean, I use an old wreck of a car as a as an analogy or um, metaphor for a human, you know, who's kind of been left by the wayside and all that sort of thing, left there to rust in the in the sun. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, like, no one's checked my oil. I thought, whoa, that's dark. That because it's like because you know, we're living in a time of AIDS, you know, <laughs> and it's like things like that kind of made me shudder. You know, I, I do tend to like write things that freak my own self out at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the end, it's it's you know, it's a pop rock song. <laughs> it's but it's you know, it's it does have a lot of hooks. I have to say, that's a very like when we play it live, I realize, man, this song is just like I, it's got more hooks than a than a what do they say a fishing tackle shot. <laughs> The Love Junk single was released in June 1991. It was under the name Johnny Diesel and it reached number 19 on the ARIA charts. When Hip Fidelity was released, he had dropped the Johnny and was now known simply as Diesel. Okay, that's enough of the talk. Here's Johnny Diesel with Love Junk.
Thanks for listening to Awesome Aussie Songs. Thanks to Diesel for your time, and thanks to Johnny Diesel for the music. Hi, this is Molly. You've just listened to a podcast brought to you by Marcos Promotions, written and produced by my dad, Sheldon the Kangaroo Kip. This is Molly Kidd saying to my good friend, Holly Kirsten, Hit it, girl! I've got something to tell you About a place that I've been to And now, now I know The world is so much wider Than I knew And I wanna let you know You gotta throw away your fears You gotta get down here The weather is so Just stop and stare and shout it